0: This event yesterday The Charlie Kirk event at UCLA We, uh, Ari and I both Went and we had a Great time hanging out together we, we, we enjoy each other's company, it was fun Talking on the way over there and such And we got there and uh, Right away we see <laughs> Ari was saying, he wasn't so sure There were so many buildings And I said, well, you see all those cop cars? That's probably where it is, <laughs> right? Sure enough, that's where the lecture was <clears throat> So we go in there and there's already a lot of hooping and hollering and screaming and such. And and Charlie is not even in the room yet, <laughs> but that's the fun part of it. So we go in. A friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, has some seats ready for us. We sit down. Charlie, whom we both know, is a friend. Um, <clears throat> we've already kind of seen him, shook his hand, and wished him luck. And uh, we sit down. And Charlie is down there. And with him is, by the way, Candace Owens, uh, this remarkable young lady who uh, used to be a liberal two years ago, and now is I think she's working with uh, a, a turning point, is that right? Okay. Uh, she did some uh, videos for PragerU already. Uh, remarkable lady, just got turned off by the whole liberal movement, found out that they, in fact, were deceiving everyone, creating false memes about uh, anti-Semitism and racism by Trump, Trump uh, lovers and such. And she said this dog don't hunt. This is crazy. I mean, how, how can you possibly support this? It's all a big lie. So once the curtain was pulled back, she became a conservative and a very good conservative at that. She became so knowledgeable. I mean, it's it's one thing to say, I want to explore conservatism. I don't like where I was um, posturing myself before. I understand that there might be some questions here. But no, no, no. She became really informed on conservatism And the facts of uh, racism in America, to the extent that it existed comparatively speaking, to other countries, and what it is Um, today—you know—making bold, crazy statements such as that the state of race relations is better today than it was in the 1940s, for example. I know, crazy, right? Or the 1840s, right? Yes. Can you believe it? Who'd have thought? You know, but but to listen to this crowd. That, that, that were heckling and hollering and, and F Uing this and that, that you suck and things like this. To listen to that crowd, you would think that they really believed that the state of race relations today, today in the, in, in the year 2018, is no better <laughs> than it was in the 1840s. No better. They think it's worse. It's worse. Oh, yeah. And, good, good and you're
1: with one, one other adjustment to what
0: you And said. the 1940s. I'm, just, I'm yeah. saying both.
1: In America, they think it's worse.
0: Right, 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 right. Yeah, and all other countries have better, of course. Right, yeah. And never, never mind the the head scratching fact that so many people from Africa, among among many other nations, want to come to America to make uh, make a good life here.
1: Yeah, isn't it curious that all these people want to break in and squat in this horribly racist country?
0: Right. Yeah. It's it's a little odd. (laughs) Yeah. Just not. I mean, at what point? I always say this because it's it's kind of fun to say, I suppose. You know, I, I became a conservative, and people ask you, what made you conservative? I tell them, here's a certain moment that made me kind of ask the question, hmm, or what's going on here? Why is this happening? And that started opening up the door. Think of it like a, a door that becomes a jar, and then, you know, you bust it wide open. Okay. That's what happened to me. Um, and it was a it was a minor incident that made that door become a jar. And then now, now I think, and it's not really important right now to talk about that, but... I, I think as each event unfolds, I think that would make me conservative. And that would. And that would. And the old days, you know, since my conversion to conservatism in 2002, uh, I, you know, it would, an event like that would happen maybe once every year and a half. Like, wow, that is so shocking that if I were liberal at that time or this time right now, it would open up the door again wide open, I would become a conservative, or at least I would abandon my liberalism. And then, you know, once every year and a half. And then, Ari, the, the window, the acceleration, the frequency would happen, happen more and more. Soon it became once every year. Then it became once every three months. <laughs> now it's happening once every week. These events that are happening, that are unfolding, that you're saying, I would, I would definitely become a, a conservative. Right now. Now, I'm already conservative, so there's nothing for me to convert to again. But what it does mean is that there are, there are many Barack Lurie's out there, Ari Davids out there, who were who liberal and are seeing this and are saying, this is crap. And I, I don't buy this anymore. And I can tell you that there were a lot of people in the audience last night who were converted. Because for two reasons. One is the the power of Charlie Kirk's words and and Candace Owens. I think she's lovely. I think she's very powerful. Um, And secondly, and very importantly, the reaction of the liberals in the crowd. If I were there, forget about the actual content of what Charlie said. Just forget about it. Just the the screaming and the hollering and the FUs that you heard from the crowd and the shout-downs. I wouldn't want to be associated with this this kind of ha- you know hammering of, of the opposite voices. I I mean I no matter where I was on the political aisle, I always thought, well people deserve to be heard. It's not as if Charlie was saying let's let's exterminate all the Jews, let's let's get rid of all blacks, or let's let's uh, reinstitute slavery. I mean it's 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 madness. So just hear the the guy out. But they can't even do that. If if your position is so strong, you would think, well at least hear the guy out. And if his, if his position is so weak, then why do you have to shut him down? Why don't you just argue him down after the fact? Why, why don't you say that? You're missing these very important facts, sir. You know, that, that's all you have to do. But they don't do that. That would have changed me. And I'm telling you, Ari, they're making little conservatives every single day.
1: Oh, yeah. It's the best. Oh, yeah. And we, we saw it right there because remember at the end it was a poetic moment so you have um, a few minutes of talk from the people on stage and then like gunshots going off someone would scream out some leftist epithet from here and then over here and over here and they would sound like gigantic idiots yeah. and you make such a good point because if Charlie was spewing hate speech Why interrupt Why not just let him continue with his Terrible hate speech It's being filmed, it's being streamed All can see it It'll obviously make news tomorrow on every network Right, Mm -hmm. when NBC, ABC CBS, New York Times write up um, Such and such so and so At UCLA spewing Nazi hate speech Right. Right, and everyone would know Right, why do you have to say anything But they do and yeah. what they say was just so stupid and mindless and you know we've talked about this before with specifically democrats or politicians and we always make the point don't look at what they say look what they do and yes, it was very, what they were powerful. doing it's what they're how they were behaving right i've i've never seen a du- i've been to some places where some adults meaning above 18 years old people have done some knucklehead ass stuff Okay, we've both been to college or to to parties, and we've seen some people really drunk or really high or doing some dumb stuff. You know, with the uh, with the idea of that they were having fun, right? I don't think I've ever seen behavior quite as stupid. As yeah. last night, culminating with that final march out, where they chanted something with the letters USA and KKK, and there was, uh, you know, with the look of disgruntled college professors,
0: yeah, it's almost like a "We will overcome" sort of thing. But but it was less classy than that. I think your point is a, is a good one, and the difference that they are having when when they're doing the FUs and all that stuff. When you're talking about, you know, a guy's getting drunk, a guy's getting high. Uh, during college years because they want to have a good time and such. Or or older. <laughs> or older. You know. right. but, no, but but none of these people that you're describing with the people getting high and drunk and so on and doing mm-hmm. stupid things, they don't pretend to themselves that what they're doing is a glorious important thing. That's why this is worse. Right. Right? these people who were saying F you and screaming and shouting, they think they're doing something noble. Yeah, God's work. Right. They're doing God's yeah. work. Which makes them such such children at the end of the day. Now we had somebody behind us, and this is just a one anecdote. So this is
1: a but, but yeah, a great one. Yeah, it's a, a good one. one but it, but yes. it was,
0: you know, <laughs> like this guy didn't know he was talking to. Like it was, of all people, to to challenge you, Ari, and I was right next to Ari, and so Ari was uh, uh, texting about what he was seeing, and he was referring to this guy in front of uh, him who was d- really doing idiotic things, and, and in addition to saying "f you" and interrupting and such like that, so Ari was. Uh, I guess Instagram. I was article. on.
1: I was on Facebook Live streaming the event, and he said something. This is kind of useful background. He said, made a comment about how uh, white people get away with the crime that a black person does jail time for. Right.
0: Okay. So as he
1: filmed it, I typed a comment.
0: Yeah. His comment was, "What? Well, look at this, Listen to this idiot!" Right. No, you know, nothing too too provocative. I mean, but it was an idiot. And so the guy behind us, he sees this. And uh, he he says, you know, excuse me, could you please not refer to him as idiot and using words like that? And, and like <laughs> it was like I don't know, telling Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> in, in Terminator the ter- as a Terminator, right? Would would you mind, um, you know, not? My name is uh, Sarah Connor. Would you not? Would you mind, uh, you know, not not speaking so loudly or or, or killing you, me? Killing me? <laughs> yeah. Like. This is not the right guy to say it to, right? <laughs> Thank so, you. So he turns around and he goes, I'm just going to call him an idiot. Because, you said he's an idiot because he's an idiot. That's the way it is. And I turned around and said, is this offensive to you? Like, like r- ridiculously. Really? Are, you're one of these snowflakes we heard about. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. We found one. We found one. one. That's right. Oh, we, there are, are there more of you? <laughs> like, and he was like, kind of embarrassed, and we thought, I looked around to make sure we didn't have a bunch of thugs that are supporting him. So we're not stupid, right? But no, he he was alone and like, okay, I admire him in some sense of being alone and thinking that he could actually intimidate you. But like, no, you're clearly a, a guy who looks older, looks like he's been his way, and he's you're conservative. And they must think that we are so weak; they were so afraid to speak because we're not also getting up and yelling. And they, this little scrawny. You know, Punk thinks that he can intimidate you or me. Like, really? That was cute. It was so cute when levels think that they're tough. Right? Yeah. I mean, they I mean it was so precious. It was, so, um, precious. Yeah, it was, it was precious. precious. It was so cute. It yeah. was so cute. Uh, and, you know, one day this kid's going to, you know, stay... I'm sure he's already living in his mom's basement, and will continue to do so.
1: No, he's not. No, no, no. He is living on, in your basement on <laughs> well, that's, your dime. Yes, that's true. With a college loan paid for by you that's and right. me. That's right. is so in our basement. That's right. Not his mom's.
0: Well, if agenda 21 has its way. But anyway, yeah. that, that's uh, you know, I, I really did. I, this this guy's future unfolded before us very quickly, right? Yeah. And you know, th- there's going to be a harsh world. Out there for you, buddy. If you think, if you're out there policing everyone's words, oh, by the way, you know, when everyone else is saying F you to Charlie Kirk, would you mind going over there and telling him, please don't do that? Right? I, I know. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's precious. Hilarious. Yeah. 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 And, and the other thing that he commented
1: on that I don't know, he, he was reading my screen as I typed this comment. Right. Um, because the guy who was. Interrupting Charlie and talking about black men serving jail time for the crimes white men skated for the the comment I wrote and this is a little bit of a salty comment was what about OJ he killed a white bitch in her waiter and got away with it and that was my comment to my Facebook followers who are watching the live stream and laughing about this so that is something called and I know your listeners on this podcast have heard this before but maybe Mr. Behind Us didn't it's called a joke Right. It's called an exaggeration of irony Because I used urban vernacular To refer to Nicole This is too easy, right? this is so, too easy. so anyway he didn't understand That it was a joke right. Meant for my Facebook followers And not him And then he goes on to say Will you please act like an adult <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I don't right. know if you heard that part
0: Yes so yeah, Because, <laughs> because you're setting a good example For my friend So, right. so I, I turned to him at one point I said so let me, tell, let me ask you, have you ever used words like idiot and otherwise and maybe worse on Facebook and Twitter? I think you have, right? And that shut them up. Yeah, And then, then of course, Ari, not to be outdone, uh, he he proceeds on his Facebook thing to say, hey, there's an idiot behind me telling me (laughs) not to use the word idiot. Oh, You had a good time. I know that. (laughs) But in the meantime, of course, all this great stuff is happening, you know, with Charlie Kirk saying wonderful things and these other idiots literally saying F you and these crazy people. But, you know, thank God the police were there. And they were there, like, very close to Charlie. They were ready to pounce if anyone was trying to uh, storm the stage. Um, and, and God bless them for there. Um, and I was very pleased to see some really good pro conservative guys who were, by and large, in fact, I would say 100%, uh, very um, respectful. A, a couple of times when Charlie said a comment that was uh, really cool and really insightful, uh, they would say, USA, USA, which I'm totally cool with. Um, and uh, the other people were not able to deal with it. And they were doing this crazy thing. I, this is like, I feel like an anthropologist. You know, dealing with these wackos. Well, yeah, we
1: went into the jungle
0: and saw the denizens. So, did you notice this, Ari, that a lot of times when people were in agreement with something about one of the the liberals saying something, they would do this, yeah, clapping things? Snapping Uh, fingers, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Effusive snapping.
0: Yeah, effusive. Like, okay, what's the the concept there is that you you don't want to clap because that might be more interrupting than otherwise. But so, clapping, they've been trained to do this. Like, what the frig is going on here? With uh, with these people, it's funny that they actually think that that's somehow an appropriate way to, to engage in behavior. Look, I don't mind because it's better that they do this, which is less you know less loud than, than doing this clapping business, right? Which we could drown somebody else out. But all the same, I thought it was so odd. It
1: just looks so stupid. It looks
0: so. And it's, and, and and it's pure once,
1: communism. It's group think
0: Yeah. And and not, and not one, not one of the detractors, brought up a single fact that was contrary or that could contradict what Charlie was saying.
1: Yeah, and, and we're not exaggerating. Yeah. Not one salient not one point, not one intelligent statement. It was it was uncanny. You know how I've talked uh, before, and we've discussed Barack Obama's batting average. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Meaning, no one goes to the major leagues and strikes out every time, or hits home runs every time. Yeah, right? you're going to hit a ball
0: by mistake I mean, once in a while. Right. Once in a while, you'll get an
1: accidental base hit if you suck. And once in a while, no matter how good you are, you're going to strike out and look dumb. Right. Right. Once in a while. Right. It's uncanny how every time they had an opportunity to express with cogency, alliteration,
0: intelligence, whatever, they failed. Right. Every time. Then then toward the end, uh, it was basically half and half. At, at the end, they had this long line where people could ask Charlotte Kirk and um, uh, Candace Owens some questions. And there would, be, there would be these people that would Say something that sounded it began to sound like it might be cogent. You wonder where they were going with it, but they did speak in English, but the words were kind of all mixed up. It was word salad essentially. And then you say, Okay, where are you going with this? What are you trying to say? And (laughs) and so they would they would get frustrated and then they would leave and they would say, You know what? F you to Charlie Kirk, and then they they flip the bird. To both Candace and uh, Charlie,
1: followed by snapping. And uh, yeah, looping exactly. And right, yeah. yeah,
0: and said, uh, you know, that that's. And, and Charlie said, "Wow, what a, what a powerful retort!" I mean, right? As if, no, <laughs> as if nobody could do that. It's like, <laughs> yeah. how about? Here's what's really hard: it's actually to have an argument. How about that? T- to have a persuasive argument. Uh, raising the bird, uh, you know, uh, flipping the bird is is not an argument. I remember once when I I was giving a speech recently, for my Atheism Kills tour, and. Uh, and still I'm doing that. It's like three times a week now. And <laughs> this one person as I'm so explaining that religion has not caused more deaths than anything else. In fact, religion has been really resoundingly quite good, uh, all things considered, uh, in, in the 2,000-year history of Christianity and the 4,000-year history of Judaism. Um, it's pretty damn impressive, yeah. all the things that happen, you know, no, no matter what you can uh, leave at the foot of uh, Christianity. And so this one woman, uh, you know, moans. She goes, oh, I like that. And I, and I said very quickly, you know, a moan is not an answer. <laughs> and the whole Good crowd, listening, by yeah, the way. The, the crowd just erupted in laughter. <laughs> and they loved it. I, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> so, uh, but, but that's the way it is. It's that's so right. easy to moan. It's so easy to flip their bird. It's so easy to say F you. But these are the only... Um, arrows in the liberals' quiver.
1: Well, it just struck me, listening to what you just said and assimilating this, I think the final synthesis of this is that it's a return of ultra-primitive behaviors, guttural noises, um, you know, war whoops. Yeah. Because they simply have chosen not to participate in the white man's construction of civilized Western uh, society right, right. And civilization Which would be the only method for them to have the tools mm-hmm. I.e. language and thought right. To possibly retort But right. because language And thought Are useless in retort to Common sense conservatism Because it is kryptonite right. Okay, it, There's no response to it right. it's, it's a nuclear weapon Of intelligence You can't repel it, you right. can't fight it the, So there's nothing left but
0: the primitive this reminds me of uh, let us let us refer to the glorious scene in Mad Max: The Road Warrior, <laughs> where, you know, the the good guys are guarding this oil refinery, right? And you know, oil is is gold in in the oil post, is life. Oil is life in oil the post apocalyptic world of The Road Warrior. Right. And so you see, you know, the bad guys who are trying to infiltrate and such. And there's this one guy with a mask. I forget I forget his name, um, uh, the character's name at least. And he's saying with this really sultry deep voice, it's a very evil voice, just let us in and walk away. <laughs> right? And so so one of the guys says, he sounds like a reasonable man. Right. <laughs> let's let's just walk away. What's he I, I believe we can keep his word. <laughs> he'll keep his word. And like this is this is what it reminds me. Yeah, Humongous was his name. Humungus, thank you. Yeah. So they believe that Humongous will keep his word. <laughs> right. And and it's it, it's so extraordinary. I mean, obviously it's just a movie, but it's it, it also resonates from history too, Hitler and so forth. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, these people who think that they can shout you down, and soon we'll be talking about the Starbucks uh, events because it's a it's a big deal and it's actually it will echo through history. You'll see. But this notion of we are going to have our tantrums, we are going to make demands, and we expect you to walk away from it, just like humongous. And we are the people saying, well, he, they sound reasonable. Let's just do what we can to uh, to accommodate them, right? And then they'll leave us alone. Yeah, we'll give them their space. They'll give them their space. And they will space give, to destroy. And they shall give us ours. Yes, that's right. And it's and, it, and it's never going to be that way. It the 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 comparison to what the arabs want to do with israel is a perfect one they claim to want to allow the israelis to live in peace so long as they get their west bank and the gaza and then whatever israel gives a little bit well then they they forget that israel has given something they don't get israel doesn't get any credit for it and then they just move on to the next thing and they want 400 prisoners exchanged for one prisoner of, uh, of that that hamas may have captured Israel and so forth and it just it'll keep on going it'll never stop you really think that the progressive monster will be satiated no the progressive monster always wants more it will always look to the next thing to destroy things that you never thought would ever even be in play. NFL cheerleaders now. Oh, good example. Well, I always go to the transgender thing. It's still to this day, I can't believe we're talking about this. Well, that's
1: an example of it. You know, male cheerleaders
0: are now. Oh, exactly, right. But this notion that we could have uh, men in women's locker rooms and women's bathrooms and that that's somehow acceptable and you're uh, somehow not understanding and not um, tolerant and not enlightened enough if you don't believe this. I mean, really, if I were to tell you this in the year 19... 99 or even the year 2005 you'd say come on that's uh, let's let's not exaggerate Brooke, let's let's move on come on don't be silly that's what you'd say to me and you'd be correct but but here we are and it's not only are, are we here but if you don't agree that that is the reasonable posture then you're the backward one somehow so that's why when we make these predictions that are and i'm to
1: children pedophilia yeah, and, and people say
0: we're being absurd i say, why why is that absurd uh, we, we we can show you that storyline very easily, and how one you know point A leads to point B leads to point C, and and that's that's why we say Notre Dame will become a mosque. That's why we we say about the pedophilia thing. That's why we say sex robots are going to take over. Um, you know, not not tomorrow, but very soon. I mean, it, it's and it'll be a cultural phenomenon that people will say, oh, these sex robots. It's really changing culture. Yeah, they're here to stay. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we have to deal with. But we keep on he- telling these things, and more bizarre things come out. I mean, I, I would never have thought, for example, that a uh, driver's license, to, to, to require driver's license to vote would somehow be considered a racist thing. That, to me, sounded so absurd. And I remember when I first heard it from, I think, Chuck Schumer, uh, literally a decade ago, um, as a concept. And I spoke to my, many of my liberal friends, and they said, that, they said, that's wacky. But here they are now saying that if you do, that you're a racist. They, they've gotten on board. They've gotten on, on, on board of that racist campaign, that sloganeering. Weird. So I, the, we go back to the progressive monster. They are constantly pounding on the door. And it doesn't matter whether you let them in, and then you retreat to the next door, and they'll pound on that door. And they'll keep on pounding. And your very existence will be offensive to them.
1: Yeah, and they will, to the humongous uh, analogy, and they will not let you just walk away and live in peace. They will hunt you down. They will imprison you. They will rape you. uh, What was on my mind, watching some of those bizarro people last night, is the question, what would my fate be? What would the fate of my family and my friends be if they were in charge? And the answer is obvious. Gulags, death camps, gas chambers. Obviously, because they these are not people who have any tolerance for my existence.
0: Okay. What, what is so sad is that they fail to see how they fit into the same theme, the same storyline that we've seen throughout history time and time again.
1: Yeah, human evil. Human it was, evil. It was, we saw the face of evil last night. And it comes like an immature child having a temper tantrum, acting all vulnerable, seizing as much power and control as it can, trying to convince you who have the power and control to enforce the the rules of the civilist society, to give it up so that they can rain their chaos upon you.
0: Well, the most important way to... uh, Prager brought this out, and I think uh, he was referring to somebody else, but I'll give credit to Prager instead, which is that in all, people talk about the root of all evil, right? The root of all evil is money, root of all, or the, the quest of money. The root of all evil is greed, or whatever it is. It's not true. The root of all evil is a sense of victimhood. If you, if you proclaim yourself to be a victim, it is a surefire way of perpetuating evil. I put it this way. All evil has, in some way or another, a way of uh, proclaiming a victimhood. So the classic example, of course, is uh, what Mao did, what Hitler did You know, those Jews have been victimizing us, let's kill them Okay? Uh, and, and every utopian ideal has the same thing yeah, Or Stalin we, saying, I'm not free to abandon my post, I'm just trying to help you here Yes, exactly right So these are these, what we heard last night were victims, and I put that in air quotes These are people that are true believers, but true believers in their victimhood
1: Right, self-victives. Right. They're not actual victims. No one ran them over in a car. No one ever whipped exactly. them with, in, a, in a slave plantation, forced them to pick cotton. They—they right. they, Their victimhood is self-imposed, self-taught, self-perpetuated.
0: Perpetuated. Yeah. One thing I would have liked Charlie to have said, and and I'm sure he will do it eventually, is to speak rhetorically to the crowd and say, listen, I mean, you're all getting up and, th- and throwing out these supposed facts that are just not true, but let's say that they are true. Do you like being a victim, first of all? Do you think being a victim will help you? Do you think that being a victim is good for society, generally speaking? Do you look around to other minority groups and say, do they treat themselves as victims and compare to see their relative success? Look at the Jews. They didn't call themselves victims. They were victims, there's no doubt about it, but they didn't try to change the world and require the world to look at them in a different way no, they, they instead just went out and, and they went out and, and became the best damn people they could be. They created their own country clubs. They created their own law firms, their own hospitals, their own businesses. And uh, created their own inventions and medicines and such like that. And you know what? The world now embraces so many of these things that are, are, stem from Jewish businesses and enterprises. Because they just said, to hell with it. We're just going to do what we can. This, you're seeing the same thing now when it comes to the Korean culture. There's a there's a huge Korean culture at least here in LA and the various different pockets throughout America and then there's they're they're not calling themselves victims they're not demanding legislation to honor them somehow and to give them preferential treatment they don't they don't need it because they simply say you know we got to do our own thing we got to make it here in America um, and, and they're they're you know they're they're scrappers they want to do what they can they work hard they innovate they're inventing things right and left they there are multimillionaires coming out of the Korean community now, having arrived here only uh, 15 years ago. It's, it's extraordinary. I'm really impressed with the Korean culture. But you don't hear them complaining about being victims. And it's strange. The only, the only group that is, in fact, uh, not thriving is the same group that uh, is constantly talking about victimhood. Correlation? You betcha. Okay? Maybe you ought to look inward and ask what is the success ratio of those people who constantly refer to themselves in a victim like status? Okay? It's not good. Don't go there. Just as the, in the same way you would not expect, uh, you know, not to take uh, welfare. Once you take welfare, it's a drug. You'll never get out of it, or extremely hard to get out of it. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, it's, the point you're making is so powerful because think about it. The, the behavior of those people who were shouting down the uh, the pr- the program, if you will, last right. night—they were in public. It didn't occur to them that a prospective employer might see their behavior, yeah, and might be turned off by it. Oh, that's they, a good point. they aren't concerned that a potential customer of theirs would see their behavior and be turned off of on it. A certain, one of them who I think looked like, or a couple looked like college professors, wouldn't think to themselves, you know what, there aren't some parents there who are, whose kids are going to go to UCLA. Maybe those kids will choose not to take my class because they saw my behavior. Right. I'm, I'm not saying to them to shut up, you don't have free speech rights, but you do. You do have the right to free speech. But you know what you don't have the right to? You don't have the right to free
0: behavior. Yeah. Your behavior... You don't have a right to oppress others behaviorally. Right. Well, it never dawns on them to think that if they were speaking on behalf of, let's say, global warming, or whatever their precious causes are, uh, and and they want to advance that for whatever reason. And if conservatives, or anybody that disagreed with them, you know, went hooping and hollering, and smashed cars, and such like that, it doesn't dawn on them that they wouldn't like that. But somehow, when they do it, it's okay. Uh, By the way, and then I want to move on to a related but different subject. Uh, just to kind of paint more of the scene, uh, it wasn't just the people in the audience that were hooping and hollering and fuing. Uh It was also a huge crowd outside that was boomboxing a lot of music. Yeah, huge. Uh, to, 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 to literally yeah. to drown out the sound, and they were chanting outside. So while Charlie Kirk was talking inside, not only did he have to deal with all the people hooping and hollering inside, he had to deal with outside people. Uh, really so bizarre and so childish and uh, it, it makes you wonder how anybody could say this is a, a, a good a modus operandi. In order for people to believe that this is a good modus operandi a good MO to deal with conservative voices you would have to truly believe that uh, the, 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 the speech that you're hearing the words that you're hearing is so offensive and so horrifically wrong um, that y- you would have to think that you're being invaded by an army. That's the only way Right? So, which means that you, you must be terrified. It's a shame. I, I, think, that a lot of, I think we made a lot of uh, conservatives last night, whether they realize it or not. And every time we post it, and, and by the way, anytime you see folks any sort of this wild behavior, and hopefully you can video it and then post it on, on Facebook and then comment on about it, saying, this is what happened last night look at how they treated this conservative voice
1: yeah the good news is there's facebook there's twitter there's mewe i think even gap all allow live streaming yeah. so the the best thing is to live stream it if you don't like live streaming just film it and upload it to youtube yeah okay that's right. it's, upload it to asmit and show people this behavior yeah
0: do do you, the you com- will you will be you will make a lot of conservatives and this is yeah. my main point that liberals don't realize how many conservatives they are converting Every day when they shout down. You you may feel good about this that you shout down on somebody and that you laughed him out and then he eventually left the stage and, and, and drowned him out and then they'll say, you know, we shall overcome or whatever it is. Great, good for you for that very moment, but not but realize that you've actually converted some people. You did and to conservatism. You will never mark my words, you will never convert a conservatives a conservative person from conservatism. To liberalism by doing that.
1: Yeah, that's one Never. of the one of the Ari David theorems. People don't convert that direction. No, they don't. It's impossible, yeah. especially right, so, with so that kind of behavior. Let's
0: move on to because we. I don't want to run out of time here. Um,
1: now, Starbucks Philadelphia. The Starbucks incident, Philadelphia. The Philadelphia incident.
0: <laughs> All right, so so here comes the situation. Now, the reason why I'm, I normally speaking, I don't talk about relatively small stories, but this is actually a fairly big story, and. If not a big story, then an emblematic Story.
1: Well, the, I think you're going to go Where I think, if I know you The big part of the story is something Else,
0: not the of, right. of course, <laughs> yeah. uh, of no, course and, and this story is very uh, Connected, it's a related story To what we just spoke about, about Charlie Kirk Being shouted down The What's going on here is a, An effort To um, Shout down the culture That's what it is, it's a it's a way to completely—this is a great way to destroy corporatism, if you believe all corporations are awful. Now, the funny thing about this story is that Starbucks is not known for its conservative ideologies. In fact, it's it's quite the liberal ideology. But no surprise, liberals always eat their own in the end, yeah, right? Yeah, this is a progressive <laughs> company. Right. Yes. Yeah, so— Uh, It doesn't matter how progressive you are, you're still a corporation and we're going to eat you alive, okay? (laughs) And whatever shall the progressive corporation called Starbucks do when you have a bunch of homeless people, you know, charging at the bathroom and demanding to use the bathroom without paying um, for the coffee, well, first of all, it's a misuse of private property for one thing. And then secondly, it turns off customers from wanting to go there. So it's bad for business. And what's bad for business means it's bad for the shareholders who who don't like that, okay? So you have an obligation to make the place not only a safe place for your customers, but also an enjoyable place for your customers. So if Starbucks becomes a place where vagrants and, um, you know, 'er ne'er-do-wells and and freeloaders come to hang out, you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to go to a different coffee place, or frankly, I'll just make my own coffee at home. Thank you so much, right? That's... That's and and you're and you're supposed to pay what four fifty for a cup of coffee, you know it's a little obscene. So get yourself a really great fancy cappuccino maker like I have at home. It cost us a hell of a lot of money. Thankfully, it was a birthday gift. But whatever, even if I had paid for it, uh, it was a hell of a lot of money. But I, I can tell you by now, had I had the same number of cappuccinos at uh, Starbucks. I'm definitely saving money, okay? It's a huge amount of money that I've saved. So that's neither here nor there. The point is that they want to destroy the culture. And they go in there. Two two men, I don't want to say gentlemen because I don't think they were gentlemen at all. Two men go in. They're African-American. And they go in, and they sit down without buying any coffee. Um, There is a woman there saying, um, you know, can you... uh, can you please leave? And the police come eventually. And they are asked to leave. They don't want to leave. And then there's something to do with the bathroom as well. Like, but they're told that they can't use the bathroom. Well, they decide that the reason why they're not being allowed to use the bathroom or given a bathroom key or a code uh, is because they're black. Uh, never mind that the same woman, of course, handed out this secret code to plenty of black people in the past, right? Never mind that this same woman was one of these uh, SJW types, and she is, she, you know, she is an SJW member. Because that's
1: what Starbucks hires as baristas. Right.
0: Yeah. And with the blue hair and the, you know, Ben Shapiro spoke about this quite a bit, with the nose rings and the tongue rings and God knows, God knows where else her rings are, right? Um, and, and you know, who, who fancies herself to be super progressive and then actually has to deal with the very people that she's championing and, and doesn't look so pretty. So, of course, Starbucks doesn't support its own employees, You know, who's a progressive herself and instead champions these strangers who are obviously there for agenda purposes and uh, and then now has a um, some sort of boycott day. They're boycotting themselves somehow, if if you can get that. And they're going to have some sort of racism training. And
1: Yeah, Starbucks is closing down 8000 stores for a day. At the cost of something around $20 million right. in order to have some racial sensitivity training for people who most likely are already quite racially
0: sensitive. Right. Yeah, you get, you get this. You're, you're, you're with us, right, folks? Yeah. Okay, so $20 million. Now, you're a shareholder of Starbucks, a significant shareholder, let's say. (laughs) Not anymore. (laughs) That's right. Listen, guys, uh, I'm all for uh, the progressive movement, but, you know, money is money, (laughs) you know, and that is absurd, okay? So, first of all, they made the assumption, uh, and I think the wrong assumption, that this woman, progressive, not that she is, that she acted in a racist fashion. Well, prove to me that, you know, I, I mean, I'm here to defend this woman, you know, for me, it's it's just basic. It, this woman clearly, unless you could show that she uh, r- routinely failed to give the code to black people in the past on any sort of regular basis, you ain't got a racist. Yeah, or uh, has a history of tweets
1: against this or that minority. Yeah. Well, you know, she, way- even, wait, wait. Even yeah. if she
0: did it, it have racist tweets, it it wouldn't matter. Like you said, what matters are the actions, right? Had she refused to give the code to other black people in the past or other minorities of the past, then they would have a decent case against her, or or against that True. particular thing. But I mean, and it, oh, wait, wait, and it was yeah. Philadelphia, which I understand has a very large black population, and the clientele is is you know one out of every three people I think is black, in in Philadelphia, and, and presumably in the Starbucks probably has a very large black clientele. So it's so absurd, this notion And they're feeding upon themselves The revolution, as it were uh, is, Is eating itself
1: it's eating its own children. Yeah, yeah, it is.
0: It well, eating its own children revolutions their young is a different expression. Right. But um, this is more uh, the the revolution is eating itself because it's much more like the French Revolution yeah. where
1: it's killing the wrong people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean it's it, it, not it's not killing the supposed enemy.
0: You, you imagine this Rousseau-like character stepping up among the 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 rabid crowd and saying, "People, people, we need to understand who the real enemy is." And that is Donald Trump, right. and then they say shut up, and they start eating him, right? I mean, literally cannab- cannibalizing him, and and that's what's happening in in the progressive, the so-called great uh, progressive and liberal movement, not, neither of which are progressive, or liberal, okay? Right. You know, ironies of ironies. But welcome to the year 1984, as it turns out. So, you know, what a bizarre time we live in, Ari. Yeah, and our
1: friend made the point that corporations used to, because of the very healthy quality of human greed, used to be quite immune from this kind of idiocy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because spending $20 million for no good reason at all to racially sensitize, sensitize people who are already quite racially sensitive, that would be called wasting money on nothing. Right. And I only mentioned the, the, a background of hypothetical racial tweets for this reason. If they found in this woman's background some evidence of behavior, well, the only person you would then need to racially sensitize would be her. Right. And it would be a reasonable expenditure of the hard-earned money of the Starbucks Corporation to spend one afternoon training one person. Or not
0: shutting down eight thousand stores to train millions. Right. It, it it would be. It's like using a nuclear bomb to kill a mosquito. Right. right. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, well, I, I hate gonna... mosquitoes too. But yeah. that's a you know. Yeah, it's, it's a little absurd, right? So, but why not just fire the girl, right? What's so hard yeah. about that? Like, hey, listen, uh, you know, Sally, um, we understand that maybe you have, but just for optics purposes. We're going to fire you. We just have to let you go. We'll send you a good letter of recommendation. We'll make sure that you land on your feet. I mean, for crying out loud, this is barista stuff, okay? it's not. This is not a career we're worrying about here. And so she can find another barista job, nobody will even know her name, and uh, you know, all she has to do is just change her hair from blue to, to orange or pink or whatever, yeah. and take out one of the nose rings, and, and nobody will know the difference. Sides. Yeah, that's right. Or, or shave <laughs> the other side of her hair, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so they won't be able to recognize this Sally person But you get the idea I, you know, and, But no, they, they don't just I mean, if they fired her instantly People, you know, the, the left would say Okay, bravo, and uh, you know, you did what you did We got her scalp, good enough you know what, what, No one would say no, Nobody on the left would say No, no, that's not enough You have to close all your stores for a day With sensitivity training Like, no that, that even, even the most avid progressive would never say such a
1: Also, thing. think about the, okay. So that's one side of it. Now think about this: you close eight thousand of your stores, selling a highly addictive beverage <laughs> to a population of very liberal people who drink this highly addictive beverage in order to function in their day. How are these liberal customers going to feel and function when they come to their Starbucks and find out, no, we're closed for sensitivity training right? because of what some knucklehead did in Philadelphia? Yeah, yeah that's
0: right. You're, you're in Arizona. It's, it's, and a,
1: it's a recipe for riots. It's,
0: it's, it's ridiculous. Well, not only that, but they're also inviting people to go find other coffee houses, right? Yeah. And they'll say, you know what? This, uh this uh, coffee, bean, and tea leaf, this is pretty nice here. I think this will be my new frequent stop every morning. Right. And you know so, what? They don't have the homeless people Starbucks
1: has, <laughs> yeah, trying exactly. to use the bathroom. <laughs> here's the
0: pro- here's one of the problems that I, I, I envisioned. If these two men could disrupt uh, Starbucks and effectuate this kind of change with, I mean, I don't think they foresaw that, of course, but now they know what happened in hindsight. Like, wow, we just sat down and we just kind of cause a little ruckus and next thing we know we're affecting $20 million in shareholders and, and uh, Starbucks is closing down for a whole day for a sensitivity training I mean man talk about it. it's like it's like the, pyre, the power of a pyromaniac who, who loves to commit arson right because he wants to see his fire right but he finds out that his fire not only has burned down uh, the, the, the one forest that he intended to, to burn down but it's burned half the United States right Woo! wow I, got, I had so much power so it's a real thrill for him somehow. These two guys must feel so thrilled and so emboldened. And what kind of message do you think is sending out to everyone else? Do it. Do it. Do right? it. So, so hang on. So I, I predict that two or three or why not five people go in of whatever, whether they're black or not, uh, to McDonald's and do exactly the same thing. I choose to, to stay here and, you know, what is McDonald's going to do? What are they going to do? I mean, they they, they get confronted with the exact same situation. Are they, do they have to close down all of McDonald's throughout the entire country, uh, the entire world? And there are a hell of a lot more, more McDonald's stores than there are Starbucks stores. So, and, and then what other businesses are involved? It, 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 so this is about the door being pushed ajar, right? I just, I just really only to b- only to bust it down, and only to come after you. And when you're at the next room, it's like you need um, the panic room, right, in your house. You go, you you leave from one area to the other, you you seed ground more and more, and then you're left at the panic room. And what do you do then, right? And the panic room is not good enough, right? They want want in into the panic room, as it were, if you understand what I'm talking about. And uh, that's terrifying. So what's gonna happen? When we just decide that no one can succeed in anything, that there will be no structural expectations, whether it's involving use of the bathrooms or being able to sit down if you're a customer, all these things about we have the right to refuse service to anybody, this notion of no shirts, no shoes, no service, right, Uh, or the fact that you have to be a customer to sit down in the restaurant. You just can't hang out in a restaurant.
1: Yeah, of course, of course, places where you are supposed to just hang out, Facebook, Twitter, right. If you're conservative, you're not allowed to just hang out there. Right. No matter how little uh, non damage you're causing. Oh, you know. But I, physical damage to a real corporation, oh, come on in. Right. I also yeah. realized something really fast. Yeah. Do you know who must feel really, really stupid right now? Mm. Stupidest feeling person on earth. The woman who went to YouTube and killed herself. <sighs> trying to bring down that company. All she had to do was go loiter at Starbucks. Apparently. Turned, a, lot, a lot more bang for your buck. Yeah, and she out. got to live. And we'll probably get a settlement.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty absurd, the whole thing. And not only that, but her YouTube moment, has, it went much, it, it, it flashed out, sorry to use the, the pun, flashed out much faster than she would have imagined because after all, uh, you know, this, this uh, Starbucks story Kind of overwhelmed it, right? Yeah. So by contrast, for example That man in Tunisia who did the exact same thing Who did the self-immolation thing And then started the Not even realizing it he, he went the other way I don't think he understood how impactful Of course he's dead He died right away So he would never know the impact that he had That eventually started the chain of the Arab Spring uh, Which was more of an Arab nightmare But nevertheless, he, he created that chain Uh, that that, chain reaction. Um, This woman maybe thought that she was going to be doing the same thing, you know, the span for global warming. You know, now that we have this woman who killed herself uh, by self-immolation, well, we really ought to do something about global warming. And this was the triggering moment, as it were. No, not so much. (laughs) You know, it'll really a flash in the pan, as it were. And uh, it's it's really quite awful. Look, I, I think that we are witnessing more and more of a, uh, a discrediting of civilization, an attempt to discredit civilization, to trivialize civilization, to not appreciate civilization, to uh, undermine it in every way possible. Because, and all the while, these people think that they're doing good, that somehow they're, they're going in that progressive path. All they're doing is just blowing up everything. And like the reporter who asked Michael Moore during the Occupy Wall Street movement, what do you think you will have at the end of the day? What system do you propose yeah. to replace after, capitalism, right, after capitalism after you destroy destroyed. capitalism? And what does he say? I don't know. We'll think of something. Okay? That's a grown man saying that, by the way, at the time. And it's childish thinking. You need to have a plan. Okay, anyone says that you need to have an exit plan. <laughs> if having destroyed civilization, you need to ask yourself, what's going to replace it? But sadly, the replacements ain't too pretty. And you ought to know that if you're a real grown-up. I'm Brock Leary. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you next week.